Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. All right, let's dig in today to Mark chapter 10. So far in this series, Close to Jesus, uh, we looked at Jesus' resurrection and the people that surrounded him and were close to him then. We looked when Jesus healed a leper, and then we looked last week at two daughters that got helped out of impossible situations. And, and man, this has been so fun. I just love what happens when people get close to Jesus. And I hope that you've gotten close to him through this series. And, and hey, maybe there's somebody here today that you're gonna get close to him for the first time and we've been praying for you, and I can't wait uh, for you to dig into God's word with me today. But it's been a fun month. Today's the last uh, week of the series. We're gonna start a new one next week, and so I wanna encourage you, if you missed this whole series, catch up online. That's, that's what it's there for, and, and, and I hope that you could just uh, pull everything that God wants you to have out of, of these, these words. And so, but I'll never remember. I'll never forget, I mean. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never remember, then we got a problem. I'm not, I'm not gonna do very well today, but I'll never forget uh, the, you know, when I showed up in the first few weeks of, of wrestling in high school, all right? I went in as a freshman. I was all of 107 pounds dripping wet, and, and so I was one of those little guys, and, but I'll never forget it. Um, I, after a couple weeks in wrestling, I was confronted with the reality that this was something that was harder than anything that I've ever done in my entire life. And looking back over the years, it's still the hardest thing I've ever done. And so stepping into something really hard, how many of you know that you've got those moments that you're like, can I do this? Do I want to keep going? Should I quit, right? And, and so um, I later learned that every year, Around 65 guys would show up and go out for the wrestling team. And, and, and just in case you're wondering, there's no cuts when it comes to wrestling. If you show up and you stay, you're on the team. How many of you like that? Um, if you've ever been a cut from a team, that sounds pretty good. But, the, but the, the, the crazy thing was is that 65 guys would show up. And if, after about two or three weeks, there'd only be about 40 guys left every single year. And the first two to three weeks of the practice were always the most grueling. And, and they, you know, they would turn the, the heat up to about 90 degrees in that wrestling room and just think 40 guys and the room was not that big. And so everybody's sweating. And, and if, you, if you pushed the little mat in that you're wrestling on, just it, your, the indentation would just fill with sweat. Come on, somebody. Somebody just threw up a little bit in their mouth, right? And, and so, but... Uh, this was the kind of gritty, nasty environment where, where I learned a very, a very um, uh, a strong quality that's never really um, left me was that you just don't quit, right? You just don't quit. And so showing up for wrestling was easy. Staying in wrestling was very hard. Come on, somebody. Showing up is easy. Sticking with it is where it gets hard sometimes. Listen, the last couple of weeks, we've seen some people show up, not deserve what Jesus did for them, which is exactly how it is for you and me, and just amazing miracles. And, there's like, and we're all like, that sounds amazing. I went in on that. But let me just let you in on another little secret. Following Jesus is hard. Following Jesus is hard. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. 
It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. And so when Jesus shows up in your life and bestows grace on you, guess what? You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You could never do it. another thing to make him love you more or less. He just loves you so much that he died for you on the cross before you ever even knew about him. While you were still a sinner, while you were still digging the, the hole deeper in your sin, Jesus died for you. Isn't that amazing? And so you can't earn your faith. You can't do anything to earn it, but following Jesus is hard. Nothing you'll ever do for yourself will save you. You just accept it, you believe, you repent, you turn towards him and and he saves you. you, But at the same time, Jesus calls us to do some really hard things and so we're gonna dig into that today. And in our journey to follow Jesus, Sometimes people who know about him, sometimes people who follow even some of the things that he says, some people who even identify as a Christian, stop following him. And even some of you, possibly, there could be some of you here today that, man, you've gone to church for a long time. You've said you're a Christ follower. You've said on the outside and you've told people, oh yeah, I'm with him. But in reality, you stopped actually following Jesus a long time ago. And so we're gonna see how that's possible here real soon. And the key today isn't being perfect because remember, Jesus is the one that makes you perfect in God's eyes. He takes your sin away, throws it as far as the east is from the west. And so we're not talking about perfection. What we're talking about today is staying on the journey. What we're talking about is staying in the refiner's fire. What we're talking about is staying on the potter's wheel, which are all analogies that scripture uses to show you and me that God is working on you. He is shaping you. He's chipping away at the rough edges. He's pruning off things in your life and he's doing all of it to to help shape you into somebody that, that brings him more glory and him more honor. And that can be really hard. Today's talk is about giving Jesus full access and control through all the seasons of your life. Because when you stop saying yes to Jesus, when you stop following him, guess what? Your paths diverge. And Jesus goes in one direction and you either stay put or you begin to go in a completely different direction. Jesus says it like this in Mark 4, 16 through 17. He said, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And so we see this very thing as a possibility that, man, we can love everything about Jesus, we can accept the message with joy, but sometimes if we don't keep following him, if we let other things distract us, we can fall away. And so today we're gonna take it a step past the initial meeting, past the, the healing or the miracle or that moment where we believed in Jesus. And we've seen some amazing initial meetings in, in this series. The leper, the two daughters, it's been awesome. The resurrection, I mean, how, how crazy of a miracle is that? And I just wanna encourage you today, salvation, the salvation of your souls, if you've experienced that, 
is the biggest miracle that you will ever experience. Don't ever discount it. Don't lower it in your mind through comparison and think that, oh, just salvation is not as a big deal as getting healed physically. No, that's not true. I hear people say sometimes, I've never experienced or or witnessed a miracle like, like these that we're talking about in the book of Mark. But listen, if you know Jesus and he saved your soul, then you have experienced a miracle. You are clean, you are forgiven, and when Jesus looks at you, he sees freedom that he purchased on the cross. But today we're gonna take it a step further. Because when you're saved, when you have that initial miracle of, 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 being, of receiving salvation, we are called to be set apart. We're called to work out our salvation, to take the things that has happened to us when we were saved and integrate it into the rest of our lives. To where every single area and compartment of our lives has been touched by grace and touched by surrender to an almighty God. Amen? And so it's a process. It's a process. Look in 1 Peter 2.9 what it says. It says, they stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. And man, as your pastor, I just want to say that to Mosaic Church today. Hey, let's not be like that. We're not like that. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out. Everybody say out. Out of darkness and into, say into, into his wonderful light. See, Jesus didn't just show up to encourage people where they were at. He showed up to call us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Jesus didn't suffer and die and rise from the grave and save you for you to stay the same. He did it to call you out to something better. Out of darkness and into light. Called out of the world and into a relationship with his son. And so when you get close to Jesus, there's some amazing things that happen. And some of those amazing things that happened are kind of hard because God calls you to make some future investments, future investments. You see, sometimes we want to take a get rich approach when, when, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. We just want to have all the good stuff and we want it now, my way right away, right? Sometimes, and we're going to see in this story today, that we have to make long-term investments. We have to steward what Jesus has given us and just say yes to him. And so let's check out the story for today in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. And we're going to look at the rich young ruler and what happens when he gets close to Jesus. Let's read. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, and so we see he was desperate. And he knelt down, and he asked, good teacher, what must I do to, eternal, to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. The reason, real quick, that Jesus said this is because, you know, he could have just been respecting me as a good teacher, Jesus was almost trying to clarify, who do you say that I am? Do you think I'm just a good teacher or do you think I'm the son of God, right? And so Jesus is already just kind of challenging him a little bit. 
But to answer your question, Jesus continues, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Wherever you're at on your journey today, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you've done, whatever you uh, uh, might be ashamed of, whatever, whatever, Jesus looks you right in the eye today and he has genuine love for you. The word for love here is the same word used in John 3.16 when it says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so Jesus loved this guy like that. Jesus loved him. He said, there's one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them, but Jesus said again, dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. You said, you know, when I said earlier, it's hard to follow Jesus, you were like, well, Joe, what do you mean? Why why is it so hard? Jesus himself said, it is hard, very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded And then they asked a really, really good question. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Everything. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you. He said, yes, Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, property, along with persecution. You're like, that sounded really good up until that last part, Jesus, right? Come on. (laughs) Along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Now, if you're anything like me, you read this and you're like, huh? Huh? Let's pray real quick and just ask God to to open our hearts to his word today. God, help us. Open our eyes. Open our ears. God, help us to understand through the power of your Holy Spirit what you're trying to say to us today and help us apply it to to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first question that I think is really important here and reading through between the lines, this is kind of a question that we all ask ourselves. It's number one, how good do I need to be to be okay? 
How good do I need to be to be okay? You see this rich young man, he comes to Jesus and a few things are obvious. He sought Christ, he praised Christ, but maybe not as Lord. We're we're not sure the intentions or the desires of his heart. He said, good teacher, but maybe Jesus wasn't really Lord in his life, but he was respectable. He had a good reputation. And not only that, he was loved by Jesus. But he was not willing to follow wherever Jesus led. He wasn't willing to do a total 180 in his life and leave everything behind and do what Jesus commands. You see, Jesus in another scripture said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Hard things, hard things. And so this rich man was obviously asking the question, how good do I have to be? And he was doing all the right things, but he still felt that something is missing. And I think that every single person in this room at one point in your life can relate with that. God, I'm doing the things I feel like I'm doing, but that there's something still missing in my heart. But when it comes to this whole topic of how good do I have to be, we ask questions like this all the time, don't we? Kids, you ask yourself, how many classes can I skip before I flunk? Or maybe that was you when you got to college, right? How much homework can I do and still pass? Or how much homework can I not do and still pass? How many times can I show up late to work before I get fired? These days, it's maybe, (laughs) you'll never get fired, right? Um, But it's kind of weird right now. How snarky can I get with my boss and keep my job? Where's the line? How many times can I leave my socks on the floor before my spouse goes completely nuclear? Come on. We're we're testing the line, we're testing the limits, we're testing the threshold in just about every area of our life. How much ice cream can I eat and still fit in my pants? Right? You know it's true. When it comes to our relationship with God, though, this is only a good question if you find the right answer. And unfortunately, because of religion, way too many people find the wrong answer when they ask this question. And in fact, the answer to the question reframes the question itself. Because the general feeling when asking the question, how good do I have to be, is that there's a threshold. The the thought is that there's a point that I will reach if I just do X, Y, and Z, that finally I'm gonna be good enough. That there's this line, and magically we're gonna cross over it at some point. But the whole premise of that is just fundamentally wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. How do we know? Because Jesus said so. In verse 26 and 27, it says the disciples were astounded. They're like, what just happened, right? What, man, you just told this guy he left. Their, their minds are blown. And, and, and they're like, Jesus, then who can be saved? You say it's so hard to get in the kingdom of God. Well, who can do it? And They asked him that, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. And so the young man was asking the only question he knew. But sometimes, and many times, there's a better question. And so for us, it's not, am I doing everything right? It's, am I totally surrendered to Jesus and am I gonna say yes when he says go? That's the question. That's the question. Because you're not gonna be saved and you're not gonna be perfect based on what you do. 
The only thing you have to do is yield and believe and follow Jesus wherever he leads. And so before you get on your spiritual high horse comparing yourself to others, you gotta remember, Jesus asked different things of different people. In the parable of the talents, he gave one guy 10, one guy five, one guy two. He asked the disciples to give their whole lives for for the cause and, and all but one of them were martyred for the faith. And then Paul comes along and tells some people in some of the churches, hey, just live quiet lives, mind your own business, and and, and be a good example, and and be ready to share your story. And so all throughout Scripture, he asks different things to different people. And so the question isn't, what is he asking of you? The question is, are you ready to say yes? Are you ready to say yes? That's way more important than the details. And so, how good do I, do I need to be okay? Wrong question. The question is, am I ready to surrender to Jesus completely? Number two, am I willing to follow Jesus anywhere? Am I willing? This is the challenging question that this passage presents us with. In Mark 10, 22, 21 through 22, it says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go, sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. We know from Jesus' teaching on money that this had less to do with the money and more to do with this man's heart. How do we know this? Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so Jesus wasn't challenging the fact that he had a lot of money. He was challenging the fact that he thought the money was his. Right? And he was exposing an area of this man's heart that was not yet surrendered or yielded to Christ. Some people might read this and say, I can't believe Jesus would ask him to do that. Right? That's so hard. Doesn't that seem a little extreme? And some of you, when challenged with a question like Jesus, like this from Jesus, you might even think, I don't know if I could do that. And, and so then you immediately go to, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to follow Jesus. I don't have the willpower. I don't have this. I don't have that. Right? But listen, we don't have a Jesus that calls us to do hard things out of punishment or a sadistic nature just to make your life miserable. We have a Jesus who did the hardest thing who went to the cross and died for us and calls us to do hard things for him out of love because he knows what's better for us. He knows that all of eternity is going to be amazing and and this life is gonna pale in comparison to how good eternity is. And so when Jesus makes a hard ask like this of us, he's not asking so much so specifically for your money, he's asking for your heart. He's asking for your heart. He cares way more about your character than your comfort, right? Way more. And the biggest thing to remember when Jesus makes a hard ask of you is that when he looks at you, he feels genuine love for you. He is not trying to make your life miserable. But to complicate things for us in our society and where the rubber meets the road for us today, we live in a society and a culture that equates a challenge to give up things that we hold dear 
to follow Jesus. So let me rephrase, when we're challenged to give up something that we hold dear to follow Jesus, an ideal, a belief, uh, a way of life, whatever it might be, when we're challenged to give up something that is attached to our heart to follow Jesus, sometimes we see that as unloving and even a hateful expectation. This is the narrative, this is the kind of train of thought that our world and our culture is training us to believe. That, oh, Jesus would never ask me to do something that hard that is connected to my heart, right? But the truth is, is that Jesus leads people to hard places of surrender. Jesus leads people to hard places of surrender. And so the question for you and me today is, what hard thing do we need to give up to follow Jesus? What hard thing is he asking you to do? In what hard decision do you need to submit to him? What is he asking you to surrender so that you can freely follow him? Because when he comes into your life, when the spirit of God comes into your life, he brings freedom. And so he's not shackling you with all these do's and don'ts. No, he's saying, follow me and, I, and your life's gonna be better than it ever was, right? And along with that, there's gonna be some hard things that you let go of along the way. Number three, as we close today, where do I wanna be in eternity? Where do I wanna be in eternity? Now, I'll never claim to know just the perfect ins and outs of all this because even as we ask the question and even as I've unpacked it today, we know that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. We can do nothing to earn God's love. But we also see Jesus saying, hey, hey, following me is gonna be hard. And the very answer to the question that the young man asked had to do with (laughs) eternal life. And so let's wrestle with this for a minute. Mark 10, 29 through 31. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given everything to follow you. He said, yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses and brothers and mothers, sisters, children, property, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then, and those who seem the least important now will be the greatest then. Wow, wow. Jesus is just turning everything upside down. He's, he's, he's making you really think. Was your decision to follow Christ just to get out of hell free card? Or... Are you really ready to repent and turn around and go the opposite direction and follow Jesus with everything that you have? Wow. Remember, the conversation started with the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so I wanna challenge us today that it's less about what you do or accomplish and it's way more about just having a surrendered spirit following and saying yes to Jesus at every single turn in your life. Jesus rewards us in this life sometimes, right? 
But the biggest reward that he highlights here is in eternity. It's really the only one that you need to worry about. Because Jesus said for himself, even the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. And so it's not like Jesus, when he walked this earth, was rolling in the dough. It's not like the disciples, when, they, when Jesus sent them out, were, were just flowing in the money or, or flowing in the earthly possessions. But you know what they did have? They did have an assurance of a house built for them in eternity. They did have a, an assurance that Jesus was going to prepare a place for them. And it made every surrender and every bit of submission and, and giving away of what they had in life worth it. Made it worth it. And so it's not always what you see on the outside, just like Jesus said. Some people you think now are a big deal aren't gonna be a big deal then. And some people you don't think, big, think you are a big deal, they're gonna be a big deal then. And so it's not what you see on the outside, it's the motivations and the surrendering of your heart on the inside. And so what do we do with this? Man, if I want to spend eternity with God, then I'm not, I'm not gonna take any chances. I'm not just gonna be a person that's trying to find the line and get as close to it and just not step over it, right? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be a person who's, who goes the other direction. God, I'm gonna surrender to you with everything that I have. God, my whole life is gonna be a, a, an offering to you, of a worship to you. Jesus, I'm not gonna be tiptoeing around sin or tiptoeing around the line just to be good enough. No, I'm going to give everything I have for the sake of the gospel for the kingdom of God, for the, for the glorification of his name, amen? And so, when we think about, God, where do I wanna spend eternity? And when we ask ourselves, how good do I need to be okay, and, and am I willing to follow Jesus anywhere? Then we gotta come to this place where we just, we, we just go all in. Where we say, God, I won't follow you with stipulations anymore. There's not gonna be any compartments or areas in my life that are off limits. God, I won't follow you with exceptions. Like I'll follow you as long as you don't send me there or you don't ask me to talk to that person. God, I, 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 I'm not gonna sign a, or I'm, I'm, I'm going to sign a non-complete clause, non-compete clause and I'm gonna comp- commit for life, right? Jesus doesn't want you to compete He doesn't want to compete with anything else in your life. He wants all of you. He wants all the minutes and all the hours and all the days and all the desires and all the dreams and all the wants. He wants it all, unashamedly. And guess what? He deserves it. He deserves it. It's not a, I'm trying this thing out. Some of you have been coming to church for a while and you're wrestling with what you believe. Is Jesus really God? And should I give my life to him? And, and should I really go all in? And, and what's this really all about? And man, I just want to tell you from the get-go, it's not a dip your toes in the water kind of thing following Jesus. It's a jump in, get completely wet, roll around in the sand, completely immersed, all in for him. Amen? All in. I'm not having one foot in and one foot out. I'm not gonna do it. I'm all in. If anything that I see is illustrated in this story is that. Are you willing to go anywhere? Are you willing to give up anything, right? Not just to make your life miserable, but because what Jesus has for you on the other side of those decisions is better. It's better. It's better. 
that's what the kind of trust and faith that he's asking us to put in him. When we do hard things and when we make hard decisions, bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. What hard thing is Jesus asking you to lay at his feet today? What hard thing? For some of you, it's the first step. It's, it's that realizing that, man, I'm never going to be good enough. I can't do anything to earn salvation. And so I need to step into the arms of a loving God who died on the cross for me. I need to accept the free gift of salvation that he's afforded to me, recognizing that it's not by my works that I'm saved. It's only because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. Amen. And so if that's you and you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time and you want to say, hey, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus today. I want to follow Jesus. And that's you. Just raise your hand today. I want to pray with you. Anybody. I want to encourage you. Be bold. Be bold. Jesus, I'm with you. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Here I am. I'm following you. If you're sitting on your couch watching online today, you can raise your hand at home. Why? Because Jesus sees you right where you're at. Amen. If that's you and you want to give your heart and life to Christ today, I would encourage you to pray a simple prayer. And the words are less important than your heart. The Bible says, though, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. The Bible says repent. That means do a 180. Turn from your old life and step into the new life that God has for you. And so pray a prayer doing just that, giving your life to him, inviting him into your heart and surrendering, amen. If you give your heart and life to Christ today, we have a, a bag at the Welcome Center in the lobby with a, a free Bible and some resources for you to get started in your faith. And I wanna encourage you to be bold and go out there and, and ask the people at the Welcome Center for one of those bags. Um, and that'll help you so much as you get started in your walk with Christ. For the rest of us, what hard thing, what hard thing is Jesus asking you to do? And maybe there's a few, maybe there's areas of your life that are yet to be surrendered. And it's time to stop tiptoeing around issues or, or trying to have a, a pet sin or a pet thing in your life that you just like, God, you can have everything else but this. And it's just time, maybe it's time for you to say, God, I'm all in. I'm not gonna live a, a compartmentalized Christian life anymore, but I'm gonna live a life wholly surrendered to you. Because I don't know about you, but for me, the longer I follow Jesus, the more I realize he's worthy. The more I realize I can never outgive him. The more I realize that I can never, um, I can never do enough to, to repay him for what he's done for me. And so the objective is not repayment. The objective is just loving him with choices and surrender in my whole life. And so if that's you today and you say, God, I've got, I've got some things I wanna lay at your feet. As I pray a closing prayer, just raise your hand and let's, let's pray this prayer together, amen? Jesus, here's our hearts, here's our lives. We lay them at your feet and we ask you to help us as we surrender. And God, we know that, that sometimes it's a struggle. Just like Peter, 
when he said, oh God, we're ready. We're ready to die for you. We're ready to follow you wherever you're gonna go. And then just a few days later, he's denying you and he's, he's, he's stumbling and, and he's, he's kind of falling apart. But just like you were patient with Peter, God, you're patient with us. And God, you're gonna take our lives as we keep saying yes, and as we sometimes stumble, and we sometimes we don't um, do everything right, but God, we wanna stay in the journey. God, we wanna stay in the potter's wheel. God, we wanna stay in that refiner's fire. God, we wanna keep handing you the tools as the gardener in our life, as you prune things away from our life that don't need to be there. And so God, help us to make the hard decisions to follow you. Help us to just live lives of surrender. Help us to make you the focal point of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.